All right, we are back. This is Eat Sleep Bedlam. Zach isn't able to join us today, but Landon and I will be um, doing this one. Um, you know, we got a lot of exciting things coming up. Landon's going to be talking with uh, someone from 24-7 Sports, correct, with Oklahoma State? Yep, that's yep. the plan. Uh, get some Oklahoma State recruiting news on here. We did the OU side. We'll see yeah. if we can get some Oklahoma State on there. Yeah, so Oklahoma State fans definitely want to listen to that one. It'll either we're hoping to do it for this upcoming Wednesday podcast, but if we're not able to, uh, we'll get that we'll out. Get it in um, the future. Yes. We're, <laughs> I'm about to go on vacation. He's yeah. coming off of vacation, so we're having a hard time kind yeah. of lining it up. But we're going to hopefully get it up there soon. Scheduling it for sure. But uh, uh, but today we have a uh, uh, some recruiting news to get into. I know it's dead period, so there's not a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. But we got a couple recruiting nuggets to get into, and then we got our offensive line breakdown which I'm excited to do that. Um, Oklahoma, um, you know, Taylor Tatum, the number one running back, um, still has not announced his commitment. From what I've heard, and Parker even said this on our podcast, all the attention that it brought that uh, OU made a big impression with all the crystal balls and all the predictions being changed kind of made him want to wait until it started dying to die down. And so that's what it sounds like is happening there. Oklahoma seems to still be in a great position. Obviously, with time, USC can get right back in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, I think there was a, a prediction today put in for Oklahoma. So another one. So uh, everything is looking good there. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Williams and Winery, the five-star defensive lineman, number three player in the nation, uh, did take his unofficial visit to Georgia. It sounds like when he was down at um his brother's birthday party. I don't know a whole lot to read into it because this is the thing. Georgia people are really think Georgia made a big impression, but no one's putting any predictions in for Georgia, either with them or nationally. Um, it sounds like it's still Oklahoma or they at least sit in a good spot. Um, because like I said, usually with those kind of visits, if it gets turned quite a bit, usually you'll see predictions start flooding in. Yeah. If it's school. a huge thing, especially with somewhere yeah. like Georgia, you would think yeah. you would start hearing stuff. Granted, there is some other things coming out of Georgia there that is. may be overshadowing. Yeah that yeah so i'm so i wouldn't be too worried about it obviously it's georgia and it's a defensive player so be worried about yeah. it from that standpoint but as far as like we're seeing a lot of change i haven't seen a whole lot there's also stuff out there that it sounds like he doesn't really like the recruiting process and you could see a commitment from him either mid to late july so <laughs> buckle up the july can, can be big it could be very interesting um devon mitchell the uh, five-star tight end who's in the 2025 class Still rumors that he might reclassify to the 2024 class. Uh, he is committing on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Uh, Miami and Alabama were two teams that thought uh, that there was rumors out there that they had made a big impression on him. He's uh, spent some time in Alabama. His mom lives there. Obviously, we know what Miami brings to the table. Yeah, Sounds like OU was able to stem the tide on that one. Um, in fact, from what I've read, I think it was Parker Thurman with OU Insider, actually, who said – He's scheduled to commit on Saturday, and him and his mom, who lives in Alabama, are planning to be at the party in the palace later on this month. So that kind of lets you know it's probably still Oklahoma if he's still probably planning not. on taking yeah, that, like that trip. Way. Yeah, and and from the rumors out there about him changing into the 2024 class, it sounds like that would be announced also when he announces commitment, uh, whether that's going to happen or not. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, a lot of things can change. Alabama's Alabama. Nick Saban. Uh, doesn't Nick back Saban. off too easily. Uh, we obviously, like I said, we know what Miami brings to the table. 
Um, and it sounds like they sent old money bags after him. So a like big old bag of cash is what Miami brings. Yes. And, and one specific <laughs> big time donor. And apparently he was tasked to go after him. So we'll see what happens there, but OU is still looking good again, like Williams and Winery uh, or Winery. There's not been any predictions that have changed to another school. It's still showing Oklahoma. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But like I said, it's dead period, so we haven't had a lot of stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's all just rumors flying right now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll have an answer to that one, obviously, on Saturday. The other one's to be determined. But Landon, you got some Oklahoma State uh, recruiting news. Yeah, they have picked up two recruits since the uh, last time that we, uh, we talked. Uh, both of these guys I mentioned before, uh, and one of them I actually said was probably going to commit Armstrong. Not him. Going to go with that until someone tells mm-hmm. me something different. Uh, he was the Rice commitment who flipped. Yep or decommitted now he's flipped uh interesting player he's list i've seen him listed anywhere from six one or six two and from 250 up to 280 so no idea what this guy's actual measurements are uh, he was a state qualifier as a wrestler which gundy loves and i'm a big fan of linemen who know how to wrestle because i mean <laughs> you know you learn the hand technique leverage yep. all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff also uh, according to the magazine texas football their recruiting editor in a quote said that Nottam benches 455 pounds and squats 675. So a thousand pound club. So, so if he's doing that before um, he even gets into a college strength program, I mean, this guy could be a monster. Yeah. I mean, and so I, I'm excited about him. I'm glad they managed, managed to flip him. Uh, the other one is uh, Tameric Johnson. He's an edge rusher. He's listed at 6'3", 205. So my guess is he doesn't really stay at the true edge in college. Yeah. I bet he moves to the linebacker spot that Colin Oliver is going to play. Exactly what that's going to look like, we don't know yet, but it's kind of a hybrid pass rusher linebacker position. Yeah. And my guess is that's where he kind of ends up moving. Uh, seems pretty athletic. I mean, I'm interested to see what he ends up being once he gets to uh, – to college because he has one of those body types and edge position or and position that you just don't know where he's going to end up until you see it on a field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I actually forgot to mention one, we got a commitment and I didn't even <laughs> remember to say uh, Ivan carry who was committed to Texas tech six, six, uh, 200 pound, about 200 pounds, uh, wide receiver. He committed from tech next day, committed to Oklahoma. Uh, that sounds Odessa. like he's a tight end in two years. Well, and that that's what I was I was going to bring that up because we talked we've talked about in the past Zach and I about the twenty twenty four tight end recruiting class. It sounds like Oklahoma doesn't know exactly what they want to do with him. They just know they want him. You know, it's yeah. it's probably one of those things that especially if Mitchell goes to another uh, school or if Mitchell doesn't reclassify, he's a guy that could be your tight end in the twenty twenty four class. I mean, right. It all depends on how much muscle and, and weight he can put on, but. Um, it's someone they really wanted. He committed to Texas Tech when Emmett Jones was there. Emmett Jones obviously at Oklahoma now, so that uh, helps out as the wide receiver coach at both schools. So, um, yes, forgot about that one, but you reminded me by talking about decommitments. But, yes, uh, Ivan Carrion. So that that's, uh, you know, they want to add more size. That's what – you look at Emmett Jones' track record when he was at Kansas, then when he was at Texas Tech. Always has the big guys. Big receivers, so that's what he likes. So, anyways, back to OSU. Sorry. Um, and I don't – you reminded me of this when you mentioned the guy uh, going to re- announce his uh, decision on Saturday. Yeah. At some point, I can't remember who it was, someone who Oklahoma State is in the running for is announcing his decision on July 4th. I don't remember who it is, and that was so long ago, I don't even know how to go back and find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Twitter now restricting all the, the 
tweets you can see. You never yeah. know if you can find it. That's it. And then uh, in other news, two guys that Oklahoma State was, you know, kind of on the short list for have committed to other places. Edward Smith is defensive end from Pearland, I believe. I know it was somewhere in that area. Uh, he committed to Tech. Never really thought he was going to go to Oklahoma State. You know, he just didn't. One of those ones we recruited, but it wasn't like, oh, he's not going to ever go there. The other one, uh, Bo Tate, linebacker from Utah, who is uh, Isaac Wilson's teammate, uh, committed to Baylor over this weekend. And I actually thought Oklahoma State had a good shot at bringing him in. That one kind of hurts. Also, I thought it was interesting because the day before Baylor, it was either the day before or two days before, Baylor got a higher-ranked linebacker commitment just right before that. And so it was kind of interesting that, uh, I mean, Aranda is a great defensive coach, so, I mean, I'm sure he can sell any one on coming to play for him. Yeah, it's hard to hard to beat him for a recruit. But uh that's really it for recruiting right now. Yeah. Like I said, we're in the dead period. So there's just not a whole so lot going on. People to commit and reading rumors. Yeah. yeah and, and we'll see. Oh, you've got two offensive linemen they're going after pretty hard. We'll see. The offensive line is so confusing. And I'll talk about that in the breakdown recruiting wise. Uh sounds like Casey Poe is the one they really want. He commits July twelfth, but it's sounding like Alabama. So We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens yeah. there. But let's get into the offensive line. You know, last year, um, starting with Oklahoma, the offensive line was probably the strength of the whole team. It definitely was yeah, for the offense. Uh, and it usually is under Bill Beatonbaugh. I found out it's Beatonbaugh now, not Bo. It's actually oh, really? Yes, I always thought it was Beatonbaugh. But uh, with, with him, it's always been the, one of the strengths of the They've team. They've been churning He's, out NFL prospects. Exactly, forever. yeah. He does a great job at that. And this year should be no different. I mean, they bring in Walter Rouse, the Stanford transfer. Tyler Guyton showed a lot of promise last year, and he's a guy that he was a tight end at, at TCU, comes to OU, gets moved offensive line, and um, which I think actually might have got moved his last year at TCU, but came in as a tight end yeah. at TCU. But anyways, uh, he's someone that people think would be a, could be a first-round pick if he reaches his potential just because of his athleticism of being a tight end. We've seen those turn out well. Lane Johnson uh, was a, a quarterback. And quarterback moved, at Kilgore College. Yeah, and then moved in. <laughs> Moved to tackle. So we've seen it be successful um, before. So we'll see what happens there. The thing uh, that I think about Oklahoma this year is while McKay Matoyer and and, um, Chris Murray at the guard positions were people with a ton of experience, they were limited in their ability. They were really good in terms of with that experience and knowing how to do it. But there was a lot of stuff that just – they're they're just to build it just talent wise they're just not yeah. as good at whereas Savion Bird who's probably going to be taking Chris Murray's spot mm-hmm. he's got way more talent or more talent I don't want to say way more talent he had more talent than Murray and more ability than Murray but he doesn't have the experience so we'll kind of see what happens there right. uh Matoyer is back but I, I man Caden Green the four-star um he was a high four-star almost a five-star but he was a t- listed as a tackle but he can play guard I you know I made this comparison the other day and Landon you'll like this I kind of compare him to Tyler Smith he can play tackle but I think his best position <laughs> you, you is want guard. guard I think his best position is guard um, he's had to play left tackle all summer long because uh, Walter House is recovering from the shoulder surgery Jacob Sexton towards ACL in the bowl game he's almost back but he wasn't back yet but I think his best position is guard and I think he could take that guard position from McKay Matoyer and if you do that. Those five guys, and then and then the center that they brought in from, uh, I think he's a center, he might be a guard, but I'm pretty sure he's a center, Appalachian State, that was a freshman All-American. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you go watch his highlights of him just against Texas A&M, it's really yeah, awesome he, to watch, especially against those five-star D linemen at A&M. It's fun to watch, but 
Uh, no, Troy, Troy Everett. In states O-line was fun to watch that game. Yes, it was. Uh, and he's a guy that could uh, fight for some minutes, maybe take Andrew Rame's spot. He's uh, Rame is another guy that's been a starter for, I think, three years. Um, ton of experience, but kind of limited in his ability and, and in his technique. But they have more depth this year than they did last year, but I don't know if they have the elite offensive linemen like they did last year with Anton right. Harrison. Uh, Wanya uh, Morris was obviously a fourth-round pick as well. Guyton, yeah, Guyton can be up there with yeah, Harrison, but we don't know that yet. So I don't think they have the top end of like a Harrison, but overall they're more deep and they could be the strength of the team again this year. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. And like you said, great offensive line coach over there just turns yeah. them out. You'll get coached up. So you might not have the first round pick, but maybe you have a whole team of third round picks, which yeah. might actually be better. Uh yeah, and they're and the reason why I said uh you know O line recruiting is kind of weird this year is because they're not landing some of the guys, but they're so young on the offensive line yeah. this year. So if they if they don't land some of them, it's not. I mean, you hope they do, but it's well, not terrible because they got yeah. these young guys. Yeah, that's one position you always want to bring people in. Yeah, but you don't really unless it's just a standout tackle. You don't really worry about them leaving early in most well, cases. Yeah. And, so and you a have big, a little bit of wiggle room. Exactly. And a big issue is the Dallas area that we recruit really heavily doesn't have a lot of elite linemen this year, whereas no, 125, they, they got several of them. Oh, yeah. The Oklahoma's years, yes. They've been churning them out. Yes. And, and they don't have as many for 2024, whereas 2025, they have a ton, and Oklahoma's in a good spot for a lot of them in 2025. So we'll see what happens. But I expect that, you know, kind of like we talked about with uh, Casey Dunn and wide receivers, Brent Vittables and linebackers, when it comes to Bill Biedenbaugh and the offensive line, I don't really worry about them. We know they're going to play well. They, yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of times, even when they're young, they'll start out slow, but then they'll be the best unit at the end of the year. So yeah. I really don't worry about them. I think they'll be fine, and they could be the best unit again this year. Yeah, they definitely could be. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and also just another year in the system with that yeah. offensive coordinator will also help with some continuity there. Yeah, and another year with uh, Coach Smitty, the strength and conditioning. Because strength and conditioning coach and your own line coach are – they got to be like this. I mean, that's the most important uh, position for both of them. You know, our important role is uh, offensive line in your strength and conditioning and defensive line in strength and conditioning. Yeah. But, all right, Oklahoma State, how's the offensive line looking? Uh, it's going to be interesting. So, the big headline for Oklahoma State's offensive line throughout the offseason was Caleb Etienne transferring, started every game at left tackle last year. Uh, and there were some weird reactions to that because the reason he's transferring is a guy – transferred to Oklahoma State, Dalton Cooper from Texas State, took his job. Mm. And so that's why he left. He's like, well, I'm a senior. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can play. Don't blame him for that. Uh, obviously, you would love to have that depth still around. But, I mean, apparently Dalton Cooper is lights out at left tackle. I mean, he was all Sun Belt last year, only allowed three sacks on 429 pass plays, uh, originally from Prague, Oklahoma. So I think some of that was he wanted to come home, closer to home on top of moving up to a mm -hmm. uh, little bit bigger program and all of the injuries over the last two years that we've watched destroy <laughs> Oklahoma state's uh, depth at offensive line has led to a very experienced offensive line now yeah. uh, because of the people I've listed the top seven, all of them are red shirt seniors, except for one who is a red shirt junior. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of yeah. experience. Uh, these are so kind do of you worry opinion. about that for next year then or not not this upcoming year but the year after uh some I also think there's two of them that may still have a covid year 
So gotcha. uh, yeah, that, that, that will help. help. That'll help some. Uh, it's interesting. I kind of guessed on positions because I don't know where they're playing because that's one thing that Charlie Dickey and Gundy like to do is move people into different yeah. places along the line. I do assume Dalton Cooper's your left tackle. Uh, Cole Birmingham, who was the best offensive lineman in 2021, who hurt his leg preseason last year, didn't play all year. He should be back. He was the left tackle in 2021, but he's like Tyler Smith. I think he's best at guard. <laughs> so uh, I don't know either left or right guard. He'll probably be on one side of that. Queso uh, Brooks, my favorite nickname on the team, uh, the transfer from Vandy played all over the line. He played both, ta- both guards, right tackle, maybe some center last year, just kind of to see what he would do. I bet he's one of the other guard spots. Uh, and then you have Mahalski, Maturko, and Wilson, who have all played guard and center. So some combination of them is going to be across there. And then uh, Jake Springfield was your right tackle the past two years. I assume he's going to stay there unless maybe yeah. Birmingham takes over at right tackle and you slide Springfield inside. So yeah. I don't really know. But there seems to be a clear top seven and – Six of those will play the four positions. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So um, a lot, of, a lot of versatility, a lot of versatility, with experience. A lot of experience. Yeah. Uh, then there are some younger guys who are interesting. Uh, there's Austin Kowecki, who he redshirted last year, but every game he was listed as the backup left tackle on the two deep. Uh, I'm not sure if he got in game action. I tried to look, and obviously, offensive line stats aren't exactly an easy <laughs> thing to find. He may have yeah. played in the Pine Bluff game, may not have. So I mean. I assume he's probably your backup left tackle. He's a little bit bit slimmer, but he's a tall, long, good technician kind of guy. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, Another big one, Noah McKinney uh, is a redshirt freshman, transferred from UNLV. Thank you, Marcus Arroyo, for that one. Uh, I like him a lot. My guess is he might be your left tackle after this next group moves out. uh, You got Calvin Harvey, who I am a big fan of. 6'8", 345. I don't know what Charlie Dickey is doing, but he has decided he just wants to get the largest human beings <laughs> imaginable to play offensive line. That's never but a bad thing. It's not. I mean, Caleb Etienne came I mean, he was 6'8", 380 or something when he came in, yeah. and they made him get down to 350. Dalton <laughs> Cooper, 6'7", 315. I mean, I don't know what's going on. It's not a bad strategy, yeah. but it's new. We normally yeah. don't have the Giants out there but yeah it's... one maybe you don't want your tackles to be that heavy that tall yes but that heavy maybe not i mean orlando brown was big for us but yeah ultimately and it also depends on how they carry the weight some guys are just naturally that yeah large. and, I mean, and their te- their technique tyron smith is six five 330 pounds and the man has a six pack like it yeah does... <laughs> it yeah. depends on how you carry the weight but well, uh and and um you know if your technique is really good then mm-hmm. it can override some of your and all of these also. guys put on weights because we had Rob Glass, who, for my money, is the best strength and conditioning coach in football. I mean, yeah. they made him assistant athletic director to make sure he doesn't leave. Yeah, <laughs> that probably helps. He's awesome. Uh, so, I mean, some of these guys are just going to get huge. I'm interested to see some of the – I mean, we got a few freshmen that came in this past year who I think are going to be very good. But, I mean, just with how much – depth that you have and how much experience they're not going to see the field outside of maybe a blowout in week two just to get them out there so they can be on the field this year yeah so i mean but i'll be interested to see what they look like in a year or two after they've run through that strength and conditioning program 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and same goes with Oklahoma seeing them this year after going through a year with Schmitty because I remember the offensive lines when Schmitty was there were just nasty and and physical. And uh, you go back and watch the uh, twenty, let's see, twenty eighteen Big Twelve Championship game and watch them punish. Uh, was it is it Breckenhager? Was his name for Texas? Oh, yeah, long, he had long hair and he was going to cut big, it when they win the Big yep. Twelve. And he talked all the smack because they beat us early in the year. And go back and watch the highlights. Of the, I think they even put out a highlight of a zoomed-in look of just yeah. them because they would knock him down and jump on him every single time. He probably got knocked down seven, eight times. And after the game, he deleted his social media. That's well, how yeah, bad it was. I mean, now he probably wants to go cut his hair, and he can't still. Well, he cut it. He ended up cutting it. He, he cut had, it after he graduated. He had, say he had one more year to ever cut his hair. Yeah, yeah, he ended up cutting it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of bring that nasty yeah, kind of back. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. Uh, yeah, always I like lo- talking offensive line. I love talking <laughs> offensive line and with yeah. how much experience and the continuity. I'm interested to see what the maybe a slight tweak in the running game uh, strategy from yeah. going from more going from more zone to less zone, more gap scheme kind of stuff, seeing if this experience – you know, actually gets the Works running out. game going as opposed to all those wonderful two yard gains that made me want to throw something at the television <laughs> these last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but it'll be fun. Uh, so hopefully we have the 24 seven sports on hopefully Wednesday. We got some Oklahoma state recruiting. If yes. not, if not, um, we got the defensive line breakdown. Um, if we do Landon will not be here for next Sunday's podcast or the following Wednesday's podcast. Yes. So we'll hold off on the defensive line talk until he returns maybe we'll have some commitments to talk about as well but yeah, um you know i'll be on the in some mountains in colorado guys i'm not yeah, gonna yeah. come inside and be like oh, let me go record a podcast real yeah quick. yeah no that's gonna be a lot of fun so oklahoma state fans you'll definitely want to watch hopefully our next podcast if it's not next one we'll let you know when that will be yeah. so uh definitely want to check that out but until next time we'll see you guys later y'all later